Hi folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in. Hope your week is going smoothly. And hope this helps you get through a little bit of it. And hopefully it helps our country just a little bit. Homestead. The rain has passed, at least for a little while. So things are drying out a little bit. Got a little sunshine. So help the, the spinach and the kale a little bit. before we theoretically start to get freezes. We'll see. Tell you what, if y'all could see this cat curled up by the fire. She just almost looks dead. <laughs> About like the dogs outside in the sunshine. Everybody's enjoying the sun. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the people that listen to and share this podcast. Be with them and their families. Guide them, bless them, protect them. Help us to do your will, Father. Thank you for sunshine and rain, snow, thank you for the fall, thank you for harvest, for living in America, for those who have come before us and shown us the way, strengthen our faith, give us assurance, understanding, trust. Help us to turn back to you, Lord, please. And guide my words here. Father. In your son's name we pray, amen. I was thinking as I was praying, folks, there's a little uh, blip. One of these Christmas <clears throat> podcasts that we're going to do probably at some point is a, I think it's by Coolidge. And it was celebrating the 150th anniversary of Trenton. And my brain just went away. But Washington crossing the Delaware. And it's got a quote in his speech from Washington from a letter. And it talks about how unbelievably tried on every side they are. Uh, but yet he trusts in the right, the justice of their cause. And if you know anything about Washington, you know that translates to a, a deep abiding faith in God. Which is one of the, it's one of the reasons, folks, that, that your sympathy, I don't know if sympathy, but your patience with the left really ought to start to diminish 
pretty rapidly when you think about what they've managed to do to our country and and maybe even more so with ourselves for allowing it but you know can you can you even imagine the kind of faith that must have taken for the pilgrims to leave the known world you know we have all these maps and stuff today it's no big deal for us to fly across the atlantic but to get in a little ship in this big huge ocean that nobody had been across that they were aware of To live, I mean, you know, obviously Columbus had, but I mean, to actually live and stay and, and not plan on coming home. Or the faith, when you read this little bit about Washington, to just have almost everything going against you. You're fighting uh, the best Navy or military, arguably, or one of the very best in the world at the time your troops are hungry they're tired they're cold they don't have good clothing they're sick they're scared you don't have the weapons you need you're outnumbered you're outgunned nobody's standing with you most of your own population is against you but to have that kind of deep abiding faith in God that you know what I'm, I'm doing what's right and I'm going to do it no matter what and I think it's going to come out alright in the end but even if it doesn't I'm going to do it anyway that's uh, just mind boggling we're going to get back into this one of these Christmas messages from FDR. I'm going to read through the 1934 one again, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. And then if we have time, I'm going to read some quotes from FDR. This is the December 24th, 1934. This is the second year that I have joined with you on this happy occasion. Then, as now with millions of others, we celebrate the happy observance of Christmas. The year toward which we looked, then with anticipation and hope, has passed. We have seen fulfilled many things that a year ago were only hopes. Our human life thus goes on from anticipation and hope to fulfillment. This year again we are entitled to new hopes and new anticipations. For all those who can hear but not see this gathering, let me explain that here before us in the park in front of the White House is the monument of a man who will live forever as the embodiment of courage, Andrew Jackson. His was a long, long life in the public service, distinguished at all times by a chivalrous meeting of problems and difficulties that attended that service, a fast belief in people and a profound love for them. His patriotism was unstained and unafraid. Carved into that monument is his expression of the necessity for union. That message grows in importance with the years. In these days, it means to me a union not only of the states, 
but a union of hearts and minds of the people and all the states and their many interests and purposes devoted with unity to the human welfare of our country. Just across the street is the house he occupied 100 years ago, the house the people of the country have built for their presidents. From its windows, I see this monument to this man of courage. It is an inspiration to me, as it should be to all Americans. And so let us make the spirit of Christmas of 1934 that of courage and unity. It is the way to greater happiness and well-being. That is, I believe, an important part of what the maker of Christmas would have it mean. In this sense, the scriptures admonish us to be strong and of good courage, to fear not, to dwell together in unity. I wish you one and all, here and everywhere, a very, very Merry Christmas. I didn't mention, folks, by the way, uh, these last two speeches, comments, are out of the, or I pulled them. You can pull them from a bunch of different places, but I got them from the American Presidency Project online. And it's a great resource, especially if you're looking for material about presidents. So just thought I'd throw that in there. If you get a chance and you're looking for something, it's a good source to use. So a couple things about this. Uh, the maker of Christmas, right? And you can't see it, but in the text, maker is capitalized. God and Jesus Christ. Talking about courage and unity. One of the things that the left often tries to throw those who don't love America they try and throw out there is that Christianity is uh, hateful and divisive. But when you really dig into it, what other country in the world can you practice Any faith you want, regardless of whether that's the faith of the nation, which is Christianity in this case. Where else are you given free will? For example, if you were a Christian, what would happen to you right now in Gaza or the West Bank or Iran or communist China? or North Korea, or sadly, the socialist countries or the countries that are leaning strongly towards socialism in Europe. What happens to you as a Christian when you try to follow the principles of Christ to care for the widow and the orphan, the poor and the needy? Right? It's not good these days, folks. 
And yet here, even as we're falling, upon, falling apart to the point of carrying it to a fault, we welcome anyone. And of course, that's a mistake that we're making. Teddy Roosevelt talked about that. We shouldn't be welcoming anyone into this country that doesn't want to assimilate into the country, that doesn't want to strengthen the nation and share or follow the founding faith and principles of our nation based on the teachings of Christ. But FDR here talking about what does God want? Courage, unity, right? Unity. In this sense, the scriptures admonish us to be strong and of good courage, to fear not and to dwell together in unity. There's a number of verses that FDR could have been referring to in the Bible. I pulled one out of Joshua 1 verse 9. Have I not command, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. One of the things striking me when you read that, right, is be strong and courageous. But in order to do that, we've got to lean on God. We've got to trust that God is with us. And that goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast with Washington. We want to be strong and courageous and have unity in America. But we can't do that, folks, without God. It's impossible. And so we've got a little bit left. I wanted to go through and just read a few quotes from FDR because we're going to spend some more time in some of his Christmas messages, especially as we get closer time-wise to the onset of World War II. Let me see. Oh, and I just stumbled across this, folks. Uh, I, I look for this off and on. General Romulo, this doesn't have anything to do necessarily with FDR. This is just happens to be next to his name in the, in the book that I was looking at. Uh, he was a general in the Philippines during World War II. Never forget, Americans, that yours is a spiritual com country. Yes, I know you're a practical people. Like others, I've marveled at your factories, your skyscrapers, and your arsenals. But underlying everything else is the fact that America began as a God-loving, God-fearing, God-worshipping people. That's just one of those quotes, folks, that I could read every single podcast. It should be something that we have memorized in our hearts and our minds. Underlying everything else is the fact that America began as a God-loving, God-fearing, God-worshipping people. General Romulo, General of the Philippines. He saw more clearly than a lot of us today. Uh, this is out of a 1935 radio broadcast. Let me see. Yeah. In the formative days of the Republic, the directing influence the Bible exercised upon the fathers of the nation is conspicuously 
evident. We cannot read the history and rise and development as a nation without reckoning the place the Bible has occupied in shaping the advances of the Republic. Where we have been the truest and most consistent in obeying its precepts, we have attained the greatest measure of contentment and prosperity. His second inaugural address, January the 20th, 1937, I shall do my utmost seeking divine guidance. December 6, 1933, this is very interesting. Remember that it's about 14 years before separation of church and state was erroneously uh, ruled on by the Supreme Court. If I were asked to state the great objective which church and state are both demanding for the sake of every man and woman and child in this country, I would say that that great objective is a more abundant life. Right? The Bible. Christ came so that we could have life and have it abundantly. You just, you can't get away from God in America. And when you do, we just start to fall apart, folks. I think I've got time for one more. January 25th, 1941, President Roosevelt inscribed a moving prologue to a special edition of the New Testament published by the Gideons. The New Testament and Psalms, printed by the National Bible Press in Philadelphia, was distributed to the soldiers as they left for service during World War II. It stated, The White House, Washington, January 25, 1941, to the armed forces. As Commander-in-Chief, I take pleasure in commending the reading of the Bible to all who serve in the armed forces of the United States. Throughout the centuries, men of many faiths and diverse origins have found in the sacred book words of wisdom, counsel, and inspiration. It is a fountain of strength and now, as always, an aid in attaining the highest aspirations of the human soul. Very sincerely yours, Franklin D. Roosevelt. There's uh, there's another one I wanted to read out of a different source, if I can find it. Oh, yeah. I suggest, this is from Roosevelt as well, I suggest a nationwide reading of the Holy Scriptures during this period from Thanksgiving Day to Christmas. Go to the Scriptures for a renewed and strengthening contact with those eternal truths and majestic principles which have inspired such measure of true greatness as this nation has achieved. You can see, folks, the just the constant theme that our greatness, our founding principles, all go back to God and the Bible. That was FDR's opinion. He said it multiple times. We've just read it a few times there. And and so when you when you look at our nation today, the only possible solution to the ills that we face 
is to get back to the Bible. In our personal lives, to take time to read it. In the education of our children in particular. In our public schools, our public life, our public institutions, the military. Handing out Bibles to our military as they left for World War II. Handing out Bibles to our students as they go to school. And of course, this all goes back to a proper understanding of the First Amendment and our relationship with God and our country and our history. We'll keep going, folks. Christmas. Jesus Christ. Our relationship with Him as a nation. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.